0: Well it's good to see everybody and uh, I wish I could see you guys who are out there uh, watching us uh, on the internet. I really wish that. I, I miss everybody. I miss seeing those who aren't with us. Uh, this won't last forever but it's kind of rough to be going through it right now so uh, endurance is one of the things that's called for by God's people at the moment. Um, As you may have noticed, Jeremy's not here uh, today. Uh, Jeremy's actually preaching, I think right this second, he's preaching at his in-laws church in Neosho. So um, I hope he does well. I expect he will. Amen. Um, The series that Jeremy laid out for us, and this was his brainchild, and I just love it, is about the processes and things that God does in your life and in my life to get us to where he wants us to be. God wants us to grow up into the image of Christ. This whole thing is not random. We have a direction for our life. All human beings are meant to be in the image of God. And now with the revelation of Christ, we know what that image looks like more clearly than ever was possible before. We are supposed to come right here, right now, not just in heaven, to look more and more like Jesus Christ. And God does things to help us along with that. And so we're spending time in this sermon series to look at the different things that God does And today I want to talk about the faith that God helps us to have and he encourages us to live out. There are a lot of passages in the New Testament about faith, lots of different angles to talk about. It's a deep, deep subject. But today I want to talk about this aspect of faith. Paul, in this letter, and I want you to be turning to 2 Timothy In this letter that Paul writes to his favorite missionary trainee, Timothy, Paul uses a phrase to Timothy. He says, You, chapter 4, you do your ministry, you preach the word in season and out of season. You do it in season. That has stuck with me ever since I was a preacher boy training at Oklahoma Christian as a Bible major. What does that mean? In season and out of season. And that's not just for people who are in, you know, official ministry. Because when God saved you, he called you to do some ministry. Whether you're standing up in a pulpit or teaching in front of a class, or whatever it is you're doing. God called you to do some ministry, and doing it in season and out of season is part of how God helps you to grow up into the image of Jesus Christ. What does it mean to be faithful in season and out of season? Well, there are definitely in-season times for practicing your faith. And we love those in-season times. One of my favorite episodes in the life of the early church revealed in the book of Acts comes in Acts chapter 5. You don't have to turn to it. I'm going to read it, but if you want to, you can make a note. Acts chapter 5, verses 12 through 16, uh, we are told this is early days as the Jerusalem church has been established the apostles performed many signs and wonders among the people. And all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. No one dared join them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. Nevertheless, more and more women, uh, men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. And as a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them out on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by and crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits and all of them were healed. That's an in-season time for the church, right? Everything is work working. Uh, people like them. People are afraid of them because, you know, they're still unpopular and the, the leadership of the Jews has already killed people for it, and are getting ready to kill more people for it. But uh, nevertheless, everybody knows something incredible is happening. The apostles are doing what they're supposed to do. They're living out their faith, and God is working through them. You can see, I mean, in this case, it's actual miracles, people being healed. But more than that, people's lives are being transformed. That's an in-season sign that when you act... God heaps way more blessings on than anything that your power could have brought about by itself. That's in season. And and more and more results keep having. People people see that something incredible is going on. Uh, An in season time in your life, and you've had these, and if you look back, I think you will see these times. And probably for most of us, I, I'm just making this as a generalization. This isn't true in every individual's life. But I think for most of us, if we are looking at it with clear eyes, I think most of us have more in-season times of faith than we have out-of-season times of faith. Uh, and you can evaluate that for yourself. That's, I think that's true for a lot of people. In-season times of faith are those times when What we do seems answered by and enhanced by the power of God. I'm acting in faith, and then God blesses the things that I do. My family life is working the way it is. I'm doing the right thing at work, and that's being blessed. I'm I'm doing the right thing at church, and that's being blessed. And the church is at peace. I look around, and my country is experiencing peace. Those are in-season times when God is moving with you As you do, what's the right thing to do? If you're engaged in service, if you're engaged in ministry, the ministry is being answered by success. People are being changed by it. You can see people's lives being transformed by it, just like we read there in the early church. That's in-season time of faith, and it's wonderful when that happens. It's glorious when that happens. What do you do to grow up into the image of Christ when you're experiencing an in-season period of the faith? Well, there actually, this is a great thing for you. It's wonderful to experience it. Don't waste it. Use it as, and open yourself to what God is doing to help you grow up into the image of Christ. Number one thing to do when you're experiencing an in-season period of your faith is give praise to God. I'm not kidding. Uh, I really am convinced. I look at my own life, and I know in my own life, I have missed many opportunities for growth because I've missed many opportunities to praise God for what he has legitimately done in my life. I go to God when I'm suffering like clockwork. Man, I am there. If things are going badly, I want to tell God about it and, you know, gripe to him and ask him to fix it. But when things are going well, when things, when I'm in season, you know, when, when the faith is cooking, I kind of think that's mostly me. I want to say, yeah, that, you know, that's that's natural talent, Jim, you know that's your that's your hard work dude and I want to take the credit for that and and don't do that because you're missing an opportunity to grow up into the image of Christ all good things in your life yeah you work hard but all good things in your life there's nothing good that is not brought to you by your creator He is the source of everything good in your life. It doesn't mean that you don't work for it. It doesn't mean that you don't put in effort and you don't use good judgment and brain power. All of that is true. Your relationship with God is not a relationship of equals, where if you do it, he doesn't do it. He is your creator. He works through your efforts and blesses your efforts and enhances them. So give him praise. It is a chance for you to grow And unfortunately, when things are working in your faith, there are temptations, specific temptations. You may remember when the Israelites were in that exodus period, and they were wandering in the wilderness. As they were getting close to the time when God would take them into the promised land, after 400 years of being promised, after 40 years of wandering in the wilderness— They're going to finally get to take the promised land. And Moses starts saying this. It's really interesting. You read the book of Deuteronomy especially. Okay, now when you get into the land and you start eating ah, fruit off of trees you never planted. And you start harvesting grain from uh, fields that you never had to clear and plow. When these blessings just get dropped in your lap, don't forget the Lord who gave it to you. And the reason why Moses had to give that warning is because that's a natural inclination of the human heart. When things are going well for us, it is tempting to give in to the temptation to just think this world is enough. I don't need to think about God. I don't need to consider God. I don't need to give God his due. And I certainly don't need to go the extra mile in my dedication to God when things are going well. That's a trap. It robs me of my chance to grow. God is offering me these good things as a way to encourage me to become more and more his image, which is his life plan. For me. That's in-season faith. Paul writes about that. He says, you know, God didn't give us a spirit of timidity. Live in that love. Live in that power that in-season gives you. But when he gets to chapter 3 and 4, he's talking mostly about out-of-season faith. What's it like to live when your faith isn't working so well, or doesn't feel like it's working so well. Out of season is is a tougher period of life in your faith. He mentions two or three different things that put pressure on us when we're living in out of season times. 2 Timothy 3, verses 1 through 5. Mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days that's the first of the out of season things i want to talk about living in terrible times there will be terrible times in the last day people will be lovers of themselves lovers of money boastful proud abusive disobedient to their parents i don't know why he threw that one in ungrateful unholy Without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with such people. You look at that list and you go, well, that sounds really creepily familiar, And oftentimes, when you're experiencing an out-of-season time in your life, it's because, at least subjectively, you're living in terrible times. It feels to you like times have never been worse. You get up, you crack open, well, nobody cracks open the newspaper anymore, but you crack open the Facebook or uh, whatever you use to get your news. And it's just like, I thought yesterday was bad, but hello, more bad news today. More fresh outrages, more terrible things happening. More, more, more. That's terrible times. That's out of season faith. How do I be faithful when everything around me seems to be falling apart. Just when you think it can't get worse, you read the news and it gets worse. You're disappointed in your leaders, national leaders, international leaders, church leaders, possibly, or your job leaders. You just get disappointed in them. They aren't doing what you think they should. You get worried about your finances or international finances you're just freshly outraged with the horrible things that human beings can do to other human beings all these things and don't dismiss this stuff all of these things actually are darts flaming arrows of the evil one to come and attack your faith to try and tempt you to fall away Terrible times. And uh, there is a temptation to say things are so bad. When the terrible times pass by, I'll get back to being serious about my relationship with God. But right now, things are so awful. I just can't focus on God. I can't think about Jesus and making my life resemble Him. Don't give in to that temptation. Don't give, that's a lie, that's the devil's lie. And subjectively, at least, the terrible times will never pass away once you start on that cycle. Because the devil's making that work. And the terrible times will always be there. Look at what he says down in verse 8 and 9, if you're following along. Chapter 3, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 8 and 9. Just as uh, Janes and Jambres, or maybe it was pronounced Yannes and Yambres, opposed Moses. So also these teachers oppose the truth. They are men of depraved minds who, as far as the faith is concerned, are rejected. They will not get very far because, as in the case of those men, their folly will be clear to everyone. Yannes and Yambres. Who are these guys? They're not in the Old Testament, but they are actually uh, legendary names of the two chief wizards in the court of Pharaoh when Moses entered. It's not mentioned in the Bible, but the intertestamental Jewish literature and even some Greek legends gave names to two of the wizards who opposed the magic uh, uh, magicians who opposed Moses when he comes into Pharaoh's court. And uh, they, they stand there. Moses comes with all honesty saying, This is what God says has to happen. And Yanes and Yambres, whatever they can do to subvert what Moses is trying to accomplish, that's what they're doing. Sometimes you are living through a Yanes and Yambres moment in your life. You may be able to look back at specific times in your life when everything you did, even when you have good intentions and you're trying to do the right thing, there is someone or some group who contradicts you, who says the opposite, and who everything you do is taken in the worst possible light and is given the worst and nastiest meaning. Even if you're trying to do the right thing, There are people who kind of delight in making it look kind of mucky and dirty and evil. That's the Yanes and yambres moment that is one of the out-of-season times that we live through. Paul touches on another one that's similar. Look at verses 12 and 13, a persecution moment. In fact, everyone who wants, he talks about his own persecution and the people that Even betrayed him when he thought he could count on them. And he says, in fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. While evildoers and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. There are times when people persecute you there are times when people because you're a christian specifically what you have to say is discounted what you have to say is dismissed is shoved off the board even when you're trying to do the right thing even when you're coming with a heart of compassion and trying to help people steer clear of stuff that's gonna mess their lives up and you're trying to say something that's useful Because it's coming from Christianity, what you say is shoved out of the way. Sometimes there are people who just are angry at you because you become a symbol of everything they're angry at for all of Christianity for all time. That happens. That's happened to me. I suspect it's happened to some of you uh, if people know that you're a Christian. And you get just both barrels of anger about what Christianity has stood for. Uh, down the past persecution when you face yannis and yambres moments when you face terrible times when you face times of persecution these are out of season times they're not the only ways this happens but there are times when your faith and what you hope for just don't seem to line up faith is out of season and paul says i know that's real that's happened in my life here's what i want you to do about it There are terrible temptations that happen when you face out-of-season times in your life. That is, sadly, one of the times when you are most tempted to do one of two things. You are tempted to quit the faith when you're facing persecution, mockery, or just Junk. Terrible times. And you're tempted to do that because it's not even my fault. I was trying to do the right thing. I was trying to be a faithful Christian. I was trying to believe in God. But these people, the yahoos around me, just won't let me. That's tempting. That's one of Satan's flaming darts. The other thing that you're tempted to do is not exactly leave the faith and just quit, but it's to take a vacation from faithfulness. To say, well, I've been pretty good. I deserve a few sins. I'm better than all these people. I've been abused. I've been lied about. People have mocked me. They've made fun of me. I deserve to take a vacation from what God asks me, how he asked me to live my life. And again, that's one of the flaming darts of the evil one to try and get you, to knock back your progress in becoming more like Christ, and possibly to wound you mortally, to damage you in a way that is going to wound you for the rest of your life in-season faith, out-of-season faith, Paul says, Timothy, I want you to be faithful whatever the season is. There are several things he says. I want to focus on two, and then we're finished. Look at verses 14 through 17. He says, in-season, out-of-season, here's what you need to do. Christ is being formed in you if you do this. As for you, Timothy, I added the name Timothy, verse 14. As for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it. And that's a call back to chapter 1 where Paul reminds Timothy that his mother and his grandmother were faithful women who trained him in what faith is meant to be. He says, you remember faithful people. Things didn't always go well for them, but they taught you the faith. You hang on to that faith that they passed on to you. And how from infancy, you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good Work. You want to be faithful in season and out of season? Paul's first piece of advice, read your Bible for goodness sake. If you are being distracted by horrible, horrible news, give your brain a break and feed it on something that's going to help it. Okay, I was actually expecting a bigger amen on that one. I kind of built up. I thought I was getting a flow going. Could I try that one again? I really feel like we could do better. Read your Bible. Thank you. All right, I I feel a little better. Paul's not joking about that. Paul believes, and I believe this too, that the Bible has power that you and I don't really fully comprehend. And that's okay because it's not our word, it's God's word. When you read your Bible, when you study your Bible, when you go to a church that focuses on the Bible and helps you to understand it more, things happen in you that you may not figure out until you get to heaven. Or for many years down the line, the Bible gets into your brain and and rearranges it towards the image of Christ. It, it, It equips you. It instructs you, it shapes you, it molds you. Paul believes that the Bible is a miraculous book and it can work powerful wonders in your life. Read your Bible if you want to be faithful in season and out of season. Then he says this in chapter 4. Look at chapter 4 starting in verse 5. But you... Keep your head in all situations. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. For I am already being poured out like a drink offering. The time for my departure is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now, there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award for me on that day. And not only to me, but to all who have longed for his appearing. If you want to be faithful in season and out of season, Timothy, read your Bible, stay in the word, feed your brain, Not just on the bad news, but on, for goodness sake, some of the good news. But also do this, Timothy. Remember what your goal is in life. You are running a race towards something. And that something is the finish line where Jesus Christ is standing. Paul uses a phrase, the crown of righteousness. And that's not a royal crown, though I think we do get royal crowns. That is the victor's wreath. You are running a race. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. Day in and day out. When it's raining, when it's sunny, when it's hot, when it's cold, you put one foot in front of the other as a faithful person Running the race of faith. And Paul says, I'm almost to the end of mine. I can see the finish line up ahead. And Jesus Christ is standing there with the victor's crown, the crown of righteousness. He's going to put it on my head. And Timothy, keep running. He's going to put it on your head too. Remember your goal. You and I, we are running this race We are heading towards Jesus Christ. Right now, God is working in your life to shape you to look more and more like Jesus Christ so that one day you'll cross that finish line and that crown of righteousness will come down from the hand of Jesus Christ and be placed on your head too. That's what it means. That's what this life is all about. The news tries to distract us. Problems in our family try to distract us. Betrayal from friends tries to distract us. Don't get distracted. The truth is the truth, and Jesus is the Lord. Let's finish the faith in season and out of season. If you need to respond to God's gracious invitation to get you on track with the the waters of baptism or to Get you back on track with repentance and prayer, maybe public prayer that the church can help with. If there's something that we need to do for you, why don't you come forward? Tell us what we can do as we stand in our lead in song.